The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. We bow before thee, O Lord, our God, reminded that the privilege we now enjoy in drawing near to thee and calling upon thy holy name with confidence and gratitude is traceable only to the atoning suffering of thy dear Son, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And while we avail ourselves of this privilege with faith and joy, we do not come glibly but humbly. We recognize that we deserved thy curse and wrath, and he bore it for us out of love to us, out of obedience to thee in order to commend indisputably thy great love to sinners in that while they were enemies and aliens thou didst send him to die for them. O Lord, we give thee thanks and praise. Help us to do so more worthily. Grant that the gospel of his life offered up in atoning death confirmed by a glorious resurrection on the third day, might be made known to the ends of the earth, and all those for whom he lived and died may be gathered to him. Receive our thanks for all thy mercies, pardon our every sin, and remember the cause of truth throughout the earth. Bless thy church. Grant that there might be a return to the gospel of thy grace and be pleased to authenticate it by the power of thy Holy Spirit. Be with us then through this day for Jesus' sake and bless thy word to us. Amen. Be seated, please. Will you turn with me to the gospel according to St. Luke and the 23rd chapter Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 23, reading from verse 32 to 43. Let us hear the word of God. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. 
there was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds? But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. May God bless to us his word. The second of our Lord's sayings from the cross is before us this morning. We have just concluded our scripture reading by reading it. And there's something about it that distinguishes this saying from all the rest. It is in the nature of a reply. It's part of a conversation. And that is not true of any of the other six sayings our Lord uttered while on the cross. They were all spontaneously expressed. This one is responsive. And for that reason, of course, time being what it is, it's difficult to zero in on it, for we cannot really consider it without considering what it was that had just been said to him by the penitent thief. And we can't consider that without seeing, as Luke informs us, that it was part of a larger exchange between the one thief and the other. This remarkable unit of text is given to us only by the evangelist Luke, and it's clearly in the interests of his emphasis on the gospel for the outcast. Well, let's begin by just laying down something very basic, ordinary, but significant, noteworthy. This saying is a reply. From nine till noon, The Lord Jesus Christ had not been silent, but he hadn't uttered a word to human beings. Others had spoken to him indirectly and about him. And in his hearing, but he had not replied to them. He replies to the penitent thief. The Jewish rulers had passed by the foot of the cross, deriding him. He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ of God. The soldiers had come up to him 
emboldened by the way in which the Jewish leaders had spoken of him. They come up to him and echo the words of those rulers. If you, not he, you, are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And Matthew and Mark tell us that the two criminals who were crucified with him continue in much the same vein initially. But visualize the situation. Here they are strutting about at the foot of the cross. There are others approaching him. There's one on each side of him. Mocking, scorning. Perhaps those two at the same time, one in each ear. He said nothing. There was no reply. Not even when only one voice, the voice of one thief, continued to mock and revile. Still, he didn't reply. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But as we've sung, committed himself to him who judges righteously. And then he heard something different from what he had been hearing. One of the criminals remonstrates with the other. Rebukes, warns, acknowledges guilt, confesses that Jesus has not done anything worthy of the death that he is enduring. Something different, but still there's no answer. And then he hears his name, Jesus. I am convinced that I could be totally wrong that when that thief uttered that name, Jesus, his head turned. And as soon as Jesus heard that name, his head turned. And their eyes met. And their hearts were one. And there was an immediate and instantaneous reply. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Not only have you not done anything to deserve what you're suffering, but you're a king. And you're going to enter into your reign. And there's going to be a kingdom. How much he knew, who knows? We don't have to know much in the last analysis to trust Jesus, my friends. But he got to know a little more from the Savior's reply. Because while this saying was a reply, it was more than a reply. You remember the leper that came to Jesus? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I will be clean. 
If Jesus had said to the dying thief, in answer to his request, Lord, remember me, I will be at peace or be of good courage, be of good cheer. That would have been a gracious reply, wouldn't it? When you think of who it was that had made the plea, remember me, here's someone who's suffering in the eyes of the law and in terms of God's justice, what his deeds deserve. For Jesus to have said to him, I will remember you, is certainly more than he could ever merit or hope for. But Jesus didn't just say, I will be at peace. The reply of Jesus was not only affirmative, it was superlative. It was not only a reply, it was a revelation. Here something more is being said to this relatively uninformed criminal than he had wit to ask. And certainly more than ever had been recorded in the Old Testament. Oh, for sure. There are anticipations. Even predictions. But it was through the appearing of Jesus Christ the Savior that life and immortality, life that is eternal, heavenly, deathless life, was brought to light through the gospel. And that is what is being expressed in these words. In answer to a plea, there is this firm declaration of the king. Truly, I say to you. You've said me to me. I say this to you. In answer to that personal plea, there is this personal promise. Truly, truly. Amen, amen. I say to you, what? Today. Not when I enter today, because I'm going to enter today. Because this is the day on which the power of sin and death and hell are going to be broken. And the curse of the law is going to be poured out. And a perfect obedience given to it once and for all and forever. And that is going to be made clear and public in three days time. But today, within six hours, for you, for me, less for him than for the dying thief, but a certain for the thief, as for him. Do you remember Job soliloquizing? Chapter 14, you'll find it. He's wondering whether there's life beyond the grave. And he says something like this. Won't you hide me? Hide me in the grave. Give me an appointed time. 
Then you call, and I'll answer, and we'll be together. My change will come. And what's being said here is this. Your change is going to come today. You are going to be separated from your body, but you, today, will be in the kingdom with me. And not only today, but paradise. Here he is describing his kingdom. Not of this world indeed. And he uses the term probably in order to inform this Jew, because no Roman could be crucified, to inform this Jew, however little he knew, to try to bring home to him the nature of this kingdom. It's like Eden before... No, it's better than Eden before the fall. Here is a scene of gore. He's talking about glory. Here's a place of sin and death and justice. Jesus is talking about shame. And shame and guilt. And Jesus is talking about peace and rest and bliss forever and ever. Where all things would be new endlessly. The paradise of God, the tree of life, revelation. Jesus is here teaching this penitent, believing thief about the true nature of the kingdom and the glory to come. Today, paradise. There's something else, isn't there? With me. With me. In my presence. Me with you. We are here now on these crosses. We are going to be together in a far better place where the fellowship, the oneness, the harmony the mutual love and concord that had been built between that wretched, guilty criminal and Jesus Christ on the cross will be far greater and better than it has ever been. And we will be forever together. Conversation ended. Subject closed. For all who do no more. And really it's doing nothing. He had no time to be faithful, did he? Couldn't even join a church. Didn't Augustine venture the opinion that he was baptized in the blood and the water that came from this? No, he didn't even have time for that sacred obligation. Glory came down in measure between the thief and the saviour. And and so it will for you and me. There's no waiting. There's no purgatory. We depart this life to be with Christ. Which is, you know, has to be far better. Let us pray. Be pleased, O Lord our God, to accept our thanks for thy most holy word. And that it records this wonderful event. And we thank thee that in measure we know something about it ourselves for having trusted in Jesus as our Savior and submitted to him as Lord. He has received us and we have the witness in our hearts that we are his. 
and he is ours forever and forever. Receive our thanks and grant us thy blessing throughout this day for his sake. Amen. Copyright 2007 Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.